I hate you all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Welcome is the Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. Uh, we do it a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, uh, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's been keeping you awake, whether it's thinking... Uh, feeling, uh, sensing, uh, you know, changes in weather, in routine, you know, like a to-do list. As the to-do list can grow this time. You're passing in time. That can, you know, thinking about the passing of time. People bringing up the subject, you know, uh, father and mother time. You know, how come mother time doesn't get, she does not get enough credits? Or is it like father time... I mean, yeah, father and mother time. I don't know. Anyway, whatever is keeping you awake, uh, I'm going to send my voice across. Did I say I'm going to create a safe place where you can set aside what's keeping you awake? Uh, that's step one. Uh, but what I'm going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside that, those things. Um, just Sorry, internal distractions, that's another way. So so here's what I'm going to do. I'm gonna send, how, how are you going to make a safe place? Thank you. And actually, I'll comment on temperature next. Uh, what I'm going to do is send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, uh, circular. I don't know, more like swirl. Swir- is swirular a word? It's a hard, hard to say if it is, so no wonder it's not in... Uh, you know, regular usage, swirlier, It's It sounds like, is that an onomatopoeia? Like, it sounds like it's, it looks. You'd say, describe Scooter's meanders as swirlier. It's swirlier than what? No, no, no. Circular, swirlier, swirlier. Yeah, that one. I got it there. Yes, I got to squinch my mouth closer. Swirlier. Oh boy! If you're new here, you're this is you're in for a treat. I think. I mean, I, I guess uh, depending on how you define treat loosely, swirular. That, that's it. Sounds like it. Almost sounds like I've turned into a robot, a senseless robot uh, who's. Uh, but yes, swirular logic. Are also my meanders are swirlier. You know, I don't want to be competitive. Swirlier, more swirly. Not more surly, though I could, you know, if I can get into some some surly, did I say surly? What word did I just say? But I meant to say surly. You know, if I do anything surly, it'll ideally be subtextual or something, you know, or masked in, uh, you know, whatever, you know, you know, subjugated emotions. I don't know. Is that a thing? I think I do that uh, for, you know, but that's part of this context of this podcast. I don't know. That might be a little bit hard, harsh, because that sounds like a harsh word. Plus, I probably should, you know, know the definition. But yes, yeah, swirlier, swirlier, uh, all those things. Uh, you know, because I want to take your mind off. Especially this time of year, we have like the uh, across the. You know, this is the big change. You know, we're in the middle of the seasonal change. And they say seasons change, people change. Is that how seasons change, people change? And, you know, you're supposed to layer your clothing. You get your heat. Right now I'm overlayered. Usually I don't layer my clothing when I'm doing the podcast because uh, I'm in a closet. If you're, this is, this, it's just, this will be a little descriptor behind the scenes. I haven't done this in a while. And if you're new here, yes, I'm not, like the, the, the glamorous life of a sleep podcaster exists within the fictional realms of the sleep podcast itself. Uh, but I record this podcast in a closet in my apartment, and it's not a, a walk-in closet. It's a, a, I call it a climbing closet. In reality, it's more of a press yourself against the wall to get by the clothes to the back of the closet, which I have cleared out with no clothes. And then I have some moving blankets on the wall here and above me. And actually have this old carpet uh, with an animal print on it. Not a print, animal print, a printout of an animal. Uh, I can't say which kind of animal. Let's say the most, let's just say, what's the cutest animal that's sleep friendly? Um, that fuzzy one, you know, with the cute eyes, that kind of one. 
It was my living room carpet till I realized how, I think it was ostentatious. It was a, some sort of computer print, not quite 8-bit, but close, of an animal in black and brown. Kind of like you'd see on the uh, hood of a, a car or, or a van, you know, driven by somebody like me, that you'd say, well, that guy, he, you know, he, he's, he, he, yeah, I went to high school with him. And it, it was always, yep, he's, he's, he's harmless, but he's strange. He's got that van with the uh, uh, everybody's favorite marsupial on there. No one knows why. Also, has he has a, you know, is it a marsupial, the cutest animal in the world? I don't know. I can't. Is it mammalian? That's a good question. I don't I can't answer that either. But actually, I was in the middle of complaining about overlayering and trying to relate to the audience because you say, so I overlayered because it's, uh, I'm lucky I live in the Bay Area in California where our seasonal change, it changes, it's slight, and we have a little bit of a, a cooler streak here. And so I, you know, I, I was a little cold and I said, well, let me throw on a sweater, a sweatshirt uh, before I record the show. Now I regret it because I can't really take it off till I stop recording. Um, but I guess I'm more, you know, I'm a hot-blooded chicken and see, you know, I've got a marsupial rug that's a metaphor for something else right under me. Uh, but if you're new here, this is my guess to take your mind off stuff. I'm glad you're here. If I haven't, you know, I, I, I like I am confident, mildly confident in only this podcasting context that ideally I took your mind off of stuff like for the past few minutes uh, but this podcast a little bit goofy because I'm, you know, I make it, and it's it's not a it's not a it's it's full of mumbles like that and uh, stumbles, and that's I guess that we've already talked about this, but that's a good name for the cutest animal in the world, stumbles, you know, because then it makes it more because if it was too cute, I guess it would, that would be the second I guess that would be the 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 little the kid brother of the cutest animal in the world, stumbles. The kid brother uh, coming to Gingerbread Press 2037 stumbles. The kid, it, too much in the subtitle though. The kid brother of the cute. Maybe I could do that as an autobiography. What do you think about that? You know, fictional autobiography written by Stumbles. Dear Diary. What would they, I guess first off, well, anyway, I'll save the backstory for another time. Excuse me. If you're a new listener here, the whole idea of this podcast is to take your mind off whatever's been keeping you awake, but with the caveats that you don't really have to listen to me. You can listen at your leisure. You can actively listen now. Here's how the show structure normally goes. Like tonight, we're going to talk about a holiday special. So usually we have about five minutes at the top of the show. That's like the business of, uh, you know, making sure the podcast can run and the credits and stuff. Then there's usually about a 12-minute intro, which is a meandering metaphor to try to explain the podcast. Different every time, kind of like a show in itself. Some people fall asleep during this part, and so it's different every time, but it also feels familiar because I want you to feel welcome. This is a safe place, and you're welcome here. Uh, then I will go into the episode portion and then uh, where I'll talk about a holiday special. And then at the the end of the show, we'll we'll do some thank yous and good nights, and that that's 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 what the show that's how the show goes. Now you're under no pressure to listen, so you could start actively listening. Maybe you you could say, "Well, I wonder what's special." And then once I start talking about the special, you could sleep in, slip into sleep into sleep into sleep with me. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, you could slip into uh, passive listening. And then this is not patented yet, but reflective listening. That's where your ears just bounce my words off. They don't bother your brain. Now, some people, we, we, you know, this podcast, we're beyond the binary, so we believe in gray areas. So you could do a combination of any of those listening types, too. You know, you can bring as much nuance as you want. You could say, well, he's more of, you know, I'm just hearing like, you know, that kind of thing. That's fine, too. So there's not really any rules here. The rules are no pressure. You fall asleep when you want. I'll be here for about an hour. Uh, you know, but if you can't sleep, I'll be here fully. Like, I'm going to give this episode my, my full attention. 
while I'm making it so that you don't need to pay attention. Kind of a, kind of a, I don't know if that's a paradox or a contradiction. I mean, I'm a living contradiction. Believe me, I know that. Uh, but, you know, I mean, here's the main message. I'm glad you're here. I want to take your mind off the reason why, one of the biggest reasons is I've been there, sleepless, tossing and turning, staring at the ceiling, watching the clock, you know, all of that stuff. Uh, now, this podcast doesn't work for everybody. Uh, it does, I do get a lot of feedback, though. So give it, a, if you're on the fence, you don't need to give it a few tries, but you could, you know, and, and, and I do grow on people. Uh, but there's also people that loathe me. And, and I mean, you don't, if you do loathe me, you know, it, the, 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 there's already other people that have spoken on your behalf. Believe me, you know, you can send me an email or whatever. But uh, you could also, there's plenty of other sleep options out there audiobooks, uh, LibriVox, um, you know, radio. I, you know, I, 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 my personal preference is KDFC Classic. You can listen to that on the internet. Um, I'm going to try out the Goon Squad next. Uh, that was recommended to me. Uh, so there's other options there. This option for people that kind of want a bedtime story, a bore friend to imaginarily come over, take your mind off of stuff, use the lonely, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, and, you know, just not get to any, you know, say, well, geez, are you going to get to the point? Well, eventually I will get to the cone, you know, not a point, but, you know, a, uh, you know, I'll get there. I'm not sure where I'm going yet, but I, when I, when I do, you know, would I, you know, so that's that's how this podcast works. Uh, you know, a lot of shoulder shrugging moments for this show. We say, when is he? What's that? So what? So anyway, I'm glad you're here. These are my messages, I guess. Uh, I appreciate your time, and I really hope and I really yearn to help you fall asleep. So thanks so much for stopping by, and let's keep this sleep train a moving. Hey, everybody, it's me. Happy holiday season. And I know that, you know, this time of year can have its ups and its downs for everybody. And, you know, but I also like to, you know, create some seasonal shows. Uh, like, uh, but so, so if this isn't for you, you know, that's why I try to keep the archives free. So if the holiday stuff isn't for you, that's, that's cool, too. Uh, but we're also in this in-between time on our series, you know, Star Trek, The Next Generation, The Sleep Version, whatever I'm going to call that. That'll start in the new year. Uh, I guess that's an announcement, and maybe not everybody's heard. So so next year, I'll be, you know, because we just finished Metastas News, uh, or well, when I'm recording this, one more episode still has to be released. But, you know, when you're hearing this, it'll be over. And then for the holiday season, we'll do some holiday shows, uh, take one week off. And then we should start with Star Trek The Next Generation. And it won't be uh, totally whatever you call that, like in a row. I'm going to bounce around. But, uh, yeah, we'll be doing Star Trek The Next Generation, kind of like we did Game of Thrones. And uh, what was that other one? We just did Metastas News, a breaking board. That's what I was going to call breaking board, but I never did. Uh, but so for now, we're going to be covering, like, so tonight, actually, uh, also, I just took my sweater off before I started recording this, in case anybody was in the intro. I feel good. I feel really good right now. But I was trying to think of, like, a different way to do a holiday, because we did the March of the Wooden Soldiers one, right? And I was thinking of, like, Christmas movies and, and then, like, ones... Uh, because my memory's, you know, my my memory's not so hot. Not not that I, I don't know if everybody's is. But I was like, oh, if I was going to cr- pick a Christmas special, I feel like that's divisive almost. Like, oh, what's the best one? You like, are you a Frosty fan? No, I'm not. Okay, Scoot, so they talk about a buzzkill. But then you'd have to say, well, you got to go with, uh, like, Rudolph, or you got to go with Santa Claus is coming to town, or something more modern, so then I started thinking about movies, and there was only a couple movies, but there's one that's kind of, I think it may have gotten TV burnout because it was on TV a lot. But when I was young, uh, it was the Christmas movie because you'd watch it on tape or whatever, you, you like uh, a Christmas story. But then I was thinking, like, I think, it, is this a word, vignettes? That's what the word is, like, right? I used to think it was, vigi- like, I thought it was, like, I would get vignettes and vinaigrette mixed up. And, and I'm not kidding, because of my dyslexia. Uh, those are the kind of words that get tricky for me. I'm not even sure if it's vignette, but I think it is, like, 
and I don't know anything about the backstory. At one point, I probably knew about the backstory of A Christmas Story, but I don't anymore. Uh, if I can name anyone, you know, and, and, so this is, and this is, again, just in case I got any, you know, if any knees are starting to get jerky here, you know, this isn't to make fun of A Christmas Story or anyone involved in the production of it or of anything. I, I really don't try to do anything at anybody else's expense on this show. And it's something I love. Unfortunately, I'm an ignorant person. I mean, let's put that out there. I'm I'm ego-driven, so I can't only remember what's important to me. These are non-judgmental things. These are just, you know, so don't worry. I'm not trying to be critical myself. And But, but I do like it. But also, I think there's something about, there's the one um, that I never saw until I was told just like last year or the year before. What was that one with the kid? Home Alone. That's more of a Thanksgiving special but i think because the christmas story became so uh played on tv and i I don't mean this is a total negative that it really got broken into these act breaks that would happen between um commercials and i guess it was really well suited for that because it was almost like a bunch of it was a through story about my ralphie right ralphie ralphie or mike i wanted to say mikey Scott Schwartz is in it. I, I love Scott Schwartz. I like saying Scott Schwartz. I hope that's that actor's name. He's one of the friends. But yeah, you're just like Ralph, Ralphie's quest for the Red Rider. And then there's little stories about the family kind of interspersed. But I was also thinking, like, how much do I really remember? And so instead of like actually, like, so I said, so I have it playing, the movie playing right now, just started playing. But I can probably get ahead and fast forward to say, what do I remember about the order of the show and how wrong am I? So, so I was thinking I'd just run through different parts of what I can remember about a Christmas story in my mind, and then you know, see what the tape, you know, the tale of the ta- Christmas story, a tale of the tape, and in my mind, okay, I think it takes place in Cleveland, Ohio, but that's not a, like a huge uh, part of the movie. And I was under the impression the first scene took place like at nighttime in downtown Cleveland uh, for a holiday parade. And that uh, like, uh, what's his name, Mikey Ralphie and his brother, whose name will, will come to me at some point, and his mother and his father were there for the holiday parade, and then they saw, like, they looked in the windows of Macy's or Bloomingdale's or whatever, and this was this is one of my favorite scenes of the movie, is that they uh, they look and he sees the Red Rider BB, BB fun 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 machine that he wants for Christmas. Uh, I, I think Mikey or Ralphie knows that it's uh, he moved beyond uh, Santa Claus and that, uh, you know, just this very nostalgic, fun thing. And then, uh, like, uh, the, then they go into Macy's, you know, so the snow's falling. There's I don't know what year it takes place, 1950, maybe. I don't know, honestly. Uh, it definitely has a pre-Vietnam uh, feel to me. So I'd say into the 1950s or something. Uh, but but so th- then they go into Macy's or the department store, whatever the department store is. I think it was a, like a, a different one. And Ralphie, is that his brother's name? What's his I'll think of his brother's name, hopefully. Um, or I'll just turn the closed captioning on in the movie. But... Uh, so Ralph, like, so they wait in line to see Santa. The parents, they think they go to do some shopping or something. And then Ralphie tells, then the Santa was played brilliantly by, first of all, there's this kid in line who they say smells like tapioca pudding. Oh, and there's a lot of VO in the episode. I mean, the episode, the movie, which is uh, playing the adult my, my Ralph, uh, you know, doing voiceover, it's just really, really well done. Uh, and really sets up a lot of the jokes and a lot of the action. And I don't think the movie would work. I mean, especially with like, uh, the, the, the acting in this is great. And maybe I'll even remember the actor's name. I think his name's like Peter. 
or maybe not, but uh, that that how how good the acting is, the child, the young actors. Uh, but the voiceover just helps, you know, like uh, supplement their performances. I think in a way that if it was just kid acting, it wouldn't wouldn't have been. I mean, it is a classic holiday movie, I would say. But so then they go to see Santa, and Santa is like very much like Billy Bob Thornton style. I haven't seen Bad Santa two yet, but maybe I do by the time this comes out. Saw Bad Santa one when it was in a movie theater with my whole family. Uh, somewhere I'm not even sure where we were. We were my sister was having an engagement thing, and so we were out of town in the country somewhere. And we all got to the movie theater. Most of us got there in time for the movie, but my mom got there late and she was, this was like, uh, I don't know, whenever that came out, she was talking on her cell phone, like trying to find us in the movie theater. Uh, You know, it was one of those terrible moments. Uh, But so, where was I? Uh, So there's this great scene with Santa where he says, you know, Ralphie says, uh, Santa says, what do you, it sets up the theme of the movie where he says, Jesus, what do you want for Christmas? He says, well, I want this Red Rider uh, uh, BB Fun thing. And Santa says, no, 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 you're not mature enough for that kid. Uh, he said, it's bad for your eyesight. And then Santa dismisses him, and his brother's afraid of Santa, I believe. And it's really just a good, gruff Santa, not over the top, but just enough uh, of a weather-beaten Santa Claus. Uh, I just love it. There's one of my favorite scenes, that that whole thing from the outside shots to the inside shots uh, to the other kid waiting in line. That was a little bit odd. And I thought that was the beginning of the movie. Now, what's running in the background here, and again, I may have pressed the wrong button, is that, uh, like, it's Ralphie, and it may have looked away a few times, you know, because I'm recording this part of the podcast. But that Ralphie, uh, like, is like at home, and then he, he, there was a scene. I don't remember any of this. He like hides magazines with ads for the toy he wants. Then he has a meal with his family, where I think they finally ask him what he wants, and he says, "I want this uh, Red Rider fu- super fun toy," and they say, "Oh no, 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 you can't have that." And then this recurring theme in one of the better ones where uh, Ralphie daydreams that this toy, and this happened, This was very relatable for me, and I'd forgotten about this scene, uh, uh, but Ralphie starts to daydream that uh, there's this Bart, this uh, like uh, cowboy who comes to town, and, and Ralphie's also a cowboy, like a sheriff, and faces off against him in his daydream, and he has this toy which allows him to, uh, like, uh, you know, to 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 protect the town. I guess their house is the homestead, and Ralphie, like, successfully, you know, saves his family, saves the farm. So I I, I didn't remember that. I had forgotten that part. There's also this recurring thing with the dad in the furnace. That's kind of his futility. He has trouble with the neighbor's dogs, the bupkises, and the, their furnace, you know, their boiler or whatever, is always broken. So he's always trying to fix it to, to save money, I believe, or that he's Mr. Fix-It. I think. And then the poor beleaguered mother, she because she, she, he's just a bit, bit of a—and again, I don't know the, the wonderful actor that plays the father— uh, it looks a lot like my therapist, and you know that's not confusing at all. I didn't even think about that till this minute, but uh, but whatever. Those those are other themes uh, that are th- throughout the movie. But I guess in the next scene that I, I'm trying to remember, uh, the next scene that I remember, I don't know what's going to come next. I said, "Well, Jesus, is it that?" And then they go downtown to see Santa Claus because that's my favorite. Like that's the number one thing I remember. Uh, but there's a couple scenes at school. Oh, but here they go. I think they're getting ready to go to either school or downtown because Ralphie's brother gets on this giant uh, snowsuit. Uh, and at some point, Ralphie says, you know, my brother looks like a tick about to pop. Uh, he gets on boots. 
but I don't know if this is a scene getting ready for school. It's like a lot of physical comedy with the mom trying to get everything on him. And he's got all these layers. He kind of looks ridiculous, but it is Cleveland. Uh, also very cute kid. He can't put his arms down. He's like so over puffed. Uh, uh, but I, I don't know. If the, so this scene coming up next here, it could either be one where they go to school and they encounter uh, the Fark, Scott Farkas, who I remember for a few reasons. One, one of my neighbors had red hair and was tough. He wasn't really a bully, but he, he, like, he looked a little bit like Scott Farkas. So we used to, um, he wouldn't take, he, he, sometimes he would take me for, one time he took me for a snowball, snowmobile ride and I fell off the back. I didn't get hurt. It, like it was in a snowbank. Uh, he always had like motorcycle. He he was one of the cool kids. You know, he was a cool neighbor. Uh, but yeah, he had had. Uh, but he looked like Scott Farkas. But Scott Farkas and he, like his sidekick, uh, they throw snowballs at uh, Ralphie and his brother, and kind of you know mean to them. And I think in this scene, uh, maybe they. they uh, they emasculate Ralphie. I think maybe Ralphie and his friends, or maybe they, like, uh, but uh, Ralphie's left, uh, or maybe Ralphie was excited about something, so it's kind of like a like a down moment for Ralphie and his friends and his brother, uh, his, Scott Schwartz and this other kid. And now if my guessing is correct, the next scene will be they get to school, and they're, like, in this, this I talked about on a podcast episode, I think that uh, people who make movies... Uh, because Ralphie did a report, like they were supposed to do reports of like uh, who, um, like like oh, what do you, what do you want for Christmas and why? That was an essay, and Ralphie had done one about why he wanted the uh, super fun, uh, with a Red Rider super fun kit, uh, like a ma- ma- maker toy, and uh, it was like. Uh, Oh, also his brother, he falls in the snow because he, he, he's like he, he's like a uh, beetle. He, he needs his brother to help him get up in the snow. And I had forgotten about that refrain of Ralphie, I can't get up, I'm stuck, I can't get up. And Ralphie, and that's when they think Farkas befalls them. Um, but let's see. Uh, so they get to school and he thinks he's going to get an A-plus on this paper. Why I needed the Red Rider super fun maker kit. And he gets an F, I think, and the teacher says, you know, this is not a good idea for you to play with. Now, there's also, like, a lot of uh, Cleveland and Syracuse are similar places, so a lot of the scene. Oh, they play a practical joke on the teacher. I forgot about this. So that's, like, another scene at school. But Ralphie ends up failing his paper, and then he daydreams, you know, this teacher's against him. The students are kind of mean-spirited. I think they're like, uh, are they doing this to make fun of the teacher? They all have fake teeth. Uh, the teacher's teeth look normal, I guess. Uh, but the kids all put in fake uh, uh, teeth, uh, and they're all laughing. I don't know who was behind that. That's a lot of pairs of fake teeth to uh, trick a teacher with. Uh, but then, yeah, so Ralphie has another disappointing moment because he fails his paper because he thought the teacher would become an advocate for him. I don't know what he daydreams. I know he daydreams that she's like one of the characters from The Wizard of Oz, because The Wizard of Oz characters were also... This must have been when The Wizard of Oz had come out. It's set, set at that period. Um, but, it, like, uh, she she's one of the characters of The Wizard of Oz. I'm sure you can figure out which one. Lady Witchbeard would know. Hint, hint, hint. Okay, also there's a scene that I remember from movie. I don't remember it being at this point in the movie, but I guess it is apparently is uh like the children are positing, well geez, if if is like if you're outside and it's cold, will something wet stick to a, a, a what do you call that a flagpole? And they say no and then they say yes and I don't know what this is, is supposed to tell us about Ralphie, but they like his friend gets dared to try to see if uh, you know that that his will his scarf if he if his scarf is wet will it stick to the tell uh, the uh, flagpole, and it kind of shows you know kids being kids, but also kind of shows because uh, Ralphie doesn't stand up for his friend and no one wants to get in trouble. 
And so I don't know if it's supposed to show some judgment or, or set up like why Ralphie is not ready to get his super fat happy fun kit quite yet. Uh, but there is this scene with the flagpole, which is, uh, you know, not, not exactly Ralphie's like best moment, I would say. And, uh, you know, everybody's like, I can't believe that. And then I think the teacher in the ultimate comic sense says, okay, who, who put, who did the dare, you know, if you're honest, you'll admit and you know, and take the consequences. They won't be so bad if you admit it. And even in the voiceover, you know, the kids kind of laugh at that. They say, you know, that, that that's never going to happen. And then is the scene, and now I'm seeing, when they encounter uh, Scott Farkas and uh, his sidekick. And again, I think we see that Ralphie is not ready. I guess, I don't know if this is like, uh, I don't want to overthink the storytelling here, but uh, this, Ralphie isn't able to stand up uh, for his friends. And so him, they all run, but he actually runs faster than his little brother. And then he runs all the way home, and then there's this scene, which I saw, but I would definitely not have remembered this, uh, where Ralphie gets home and, and gets this, like, this is the days of radio. So this is pre-TV, when people used to, in the, now that we do podcasts here, kind of a return to it with radio dramas. Uh, Ralphie sits in front of the radio, like, he gets his little orphan Annie a decoder ring, which he's been waiting for. Oh, no, he checks in the mailbox isn't there. But I remember the scene, even though I'm a little early. And he gets gets the Dakota ring and listens to the radio show, and then they're getting a secret broadcast from Little Orphan Annie. And Ralphie's so excited, like, I can't believe I'm going to um, figure this one out. Uh, you know, Little Orphan Annie, you know, maybe she wants me to recruit me, or what is it? And it turns out it's an ad for Ovaltine, which is still, I think Ovaltine's like cho- like enriched chocolate milk drink or chocolate water drink. And uh, so Ralphie's a little bit disappointed because he says, what a ripoff. It's just an ad for Ovaltine. So it's another defeat for Ralph. And it turns out uh, after the Farkas scene here, Ralphie's doing his homework and then his dad's coming home from work. He's having to deal with the Fark or the uh, Bump Kisses dogs or the Bump Kisses dogs. And I don't know if this is when the dad uh, he says, "Geez, I won this award. It's coming soon—a special reward, like a sweepstakes award or something, or what." But uh, then there's like a dinner scene, uh, and then the award comes. And I guess this kind of shows the parallel. Like, this is one of the more memorable scenes. For me, this scene never really did it for me. I don't know why. But uh, this is, like, probably the most famous scene in the movie where the dad, he thinks he's getting this big award or big prize. And, you know, that he won this thing. And it ends up it's a lamp that's like a woman, like a mannequin light-up leg. Uh, light up leg lamp and uh, the dad still wants to light it up and put it in the front of the house and the mom's embarrassed and humiliated and the dad is like like absolutely uh, ecstatic about the way it looks and uh, that he wanted and he's bragging to the neighbors everybody's gathered in the street looking at it and the mom's embarrassed i don't think the kids are old enough to be embarrassed yet uh that it's a stocking or fishnet stocking leg with a lampshade on it. And, uh, but the dad, you know, he thinks it's like this great moment. And then, yeah, now is like, uh, now I'm seeing the, uh, Ralphie's uh, fantasy about his teacher grading his paper and being so impressed. Uh, like that, that like, just like I was when I wrote that one paper. And then Ralphie gets his grade, and it doesn't turn out good. And then the family, is this the downtown scene? Like, do I have it that confused in my mind? Okay, now they're going to buy a Christmas tree. Uh, So they're down at the Christmas tree lots, and uh, 
I don't know, a, 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 a Christmas Vacation is another movie I thought about doing because it has a good Christmas, has better Christmas tree jokes, I think. Uh, but, you know, Dad's trying to uh, debate with the Christmas tree salesman. Oh, and then this is a scene I forgot here. Uh, but they get a flat tire, and the dad loves changing the tires of his car. Like, he pretends he's like a like racing, like a race car pit guy. And the mom says, Ralphie, you're almost a man now, so why don't you go help your dad change the tire? And they start to share this father and son moment. At first, where the father, you know, there's like that moment where the father's like, I don't know if I'm ready for you to become a man. And he says, okay, well, let's bond. And he says, okay, hold the lug nuts. And then there's an accident where the dad, like, reaches up and he knocks the lug nuts out of... uh, like the uh, hubcap that Ralphie was holding him in, and the lug nuts all go in the snow, and Ralphie drops an f bomb. Uh, which, of course, even though the dad swears, uh, and the mom, I don't know if the mom swears, but then Ralphie gets in a ton of trouble. He blames, also blames his friend. Instead of saying he heard it from his dad, he says he heard it from his friend. So then he gets his mouth, he goes home, he has to wash his mouth out with soap, which my parents tried this a couple times. Doesn't work, I'll tell you. I mean, the only thing, I mean, I'm not kidding, made me identify more with cartoon characters and Ralphie in a good way. Like, I think it was almost like some sort of, uh, I don't know, I don't don't have a soap-sucking kink or anything like that, but uh, I could have, you know, I could have developed that. I didn't, but... uh, you know, so so it doesn't it backfires as w- what I'm saying. So and then Ralphie has a cool another daydream about uh, and these are these are the kind of good kid kid daydreams. It's like, well, you know, what would teach my parents for washing my mouth out with soap if there was some side effect of washing my mouth out with soap, and they had to deal with the consequences of it. Uh, and you know, they were devastated by that. So I, I think that's that was a funny one. Uh, and then it looks like there's a montage, a lot of great shots of Cleveland in the winter or wherever they shot the movie. And a Farkas chasing the kids. Uh, this scene I don't remember. It's uh, all the kids giving Christmas gifts to the teacher. Uh, Ralphie's giving her a giant basket of fruit and stuff, maybe as a bribe for his uh, essay. So I guess that punchline hasn't been revealed yet. Uh, or maybe he, Ralph has a crush on his teacher. I'm not sure exactly of the... That was a scene I didn't remember. And I keep forgetting at what point Ralphie starts to stand up for himself. Uh, and I guess this, again, this is the after effect of just turning it on and watching it when it's on TV instead of sitting down and watching the movie, as we did a few times as a kid. But there are scenes, like, there are things that drag, like this scene with the teacher... Oh, he just winked and pointed at the teacher, so maybe it doesn't drag. Uh, so, but there are moments, I guess, that... Uh, and now there's another little montage with the far- Farkas chasing the kid, the boys. And then the next scene is the uh, Little Orphan Annie scene where Ralphie gets home and uses the Dakota ring. And the Dakota ring's like brass, and it uses numbers for letters... Ralphie's decoding it in the bathroom. I think he's too young for, but his mom still wants to know why he's in the bathroom so long, even though he's you know not in middle school. So, but it's, be sure to drink your Ovaltine. And then we have yet another dinner scene. I think the dad is swearing down with the furnace and emerging and uh, playing the blame game. Oh, wait, oh, the mom knocks over the dad's lamp, which causes this, uh, he, he says it was passive-aggressive and on purpose, and she kind of says it was an accident. I wonder what scene's next. I keep waiting for the Farkas showdown. I don't know what scenes are left in the movie, either. There's the there's Christmas, Eve, there's Christmas Eve. Is there a Christmas Eve? I don't know. There's Christmas Day which is broken into a few segments. But I'm trying to think what else we have uh, coming up here. I guess Ralphie's standing up for himself against Farkas, which is a pretty basic scene, but, you know, Ralphie kind of, like, uh, gets very... He just stands up for himself, but he really... uh, You can see that he's been repressing a lot of things. 
And then he kind of has this emotional release with his mom, and they kind of connect on that. And she seems to be very loving and understanding. Right now, the scene's still unfolding where they're arguing about the lamp. I don't know if this must have been like short stories written by someone. And now we have another scene of the boys going to school. So I presume this is when Ralphie gets his F from his teacher. And then my guess would be that's followed up with the Farkas scene. Because uh, Farkas is there at school and they're saying something to Ralphie and uh, something about not respecting them or, or something improper. And yeah, now Ralphie, so I kind of, so they strung out the Ralphie uh, essay thing. I guess they didn't string it out. That's critical of me. Uh, to three scenes. So now Ralphie's going home defeated, uh, sad that he failed his essay and that his hope of getting the Red Rider fun kit is coming to an end. And then he encounters Farkas, stands up for himself, also expresses his like uh, frustrations. And then he gets treated by his mom, very calm and loving. And it's a nice moment. His, even his brother's upset that his, bro, that his repressed brother got so, you know, stood up for Ralphie. You know, his brother's just like, you know, never seen his brother uh, express his feelings or something. But I don't know, is the next day, maybe the next scene is the like the scene that I thought opened the movie. Or maybe not, maybe I missed the opening of the movie. But then there's the the, the Christmas uh you know, Chris. Oh, that was Ralphie crying. I guess because he didn't have his glasses on. Ralphie goes to bed crying, and then the little brother is kind of upset too. The little brother looks a little bit like Nine from Stranger Things. I'm not being jokey either. Like, uh, it, I mean, I think that's. I think I can say that in a neutral, observational way. A little bit. A little bit. Um, probably, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just an observation. Oh, but I guess I'm, my curiosity was, so the thing that I thought opened the movie is here, like two-thirds of the way through the movie, the Christmas parade, the holiday parade, the trip to see Santa, and this kid in line, Ralphie, Ralphie and his brother are dressed up in suits even uh, to go see Santa Claus. His hair is pasted in um, Brillo creamed or whatever. And a lot of good voiceover, obviously. I'm watching it on mute, but this kid they're in line with is, I think they said the kid smelled like tapioca pudding. The Santa, his nose is very red. I don't know if that's a condition or makeup. And then there's a couple, like, interesting. And there's a slide. Like, so you went up the stairs. This was a dream of mine, I guess, as a kid, to see Santa this way, to go up the stairs and... uh and then you would uh, sit on Santa's lap, and then you would go down a slide. And at some point, I think you'd get a candy cane. But uh, just a very great, great scene. Like very, uh, I don't know, I love it. So I'm guessing the next day will be, will it be Christmas? So they go through the thing, and now they're trimming the tree. And this is always something. And, and then you know, of course, they probably they think the power goes out because they overload the circuit. And the dad, you know, he's very perfectionist, so, uh, and, you know, he overdoes everything. And the wife, he, she tries to be a voice of reason. Yet there goes the power just circuited out. Um, and I don't know, I guess that's a tradition of different things. Like, when do you trim your tree? We, I don't even think we called it decorating the tree. And I think we would just do it the night we got our tree, I believe. Uh, but I think some people do it on the 24th. I, you know, I prefer... I mean, I guess I haven't had a tree in, uh, honestly, a long time. I'm not a... Last time I tried to get a tree, I got into an argument at the tree lot uh, because the person wouldn't bargain with me. And I said, well, I mean, honestly, it was embarrassment. Uh, I I was the embarrassment. I mean, I was looking at a small tree. I said, how much for this tree? He said, 40 bucks. And I said, you know, I said, I'll give you 20. And he said, 40 bucks. And then I kind of lost my temper. And I, you know, I told him what he could do with the tree. So that was that was it for that tree lot. But honestly, I thought, can't you negotiate the price of a tree? Especially this was like probably the twentieth. It's December twentieth. You know, you can't be charging full price for a tree. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, I'm a hypocrite too. I realize that too. But uh, 
Yeah, now we have the boys that are dressed up. The fireplace is going. So I assume this is Christmas Eve. And then we'll get into Christmas morning in this anticipation. Maybe there'll be one more scene that I forgot about with, uh, what are they doing? The boys are excited to do something. Oh, to go to bed, I guess, for Christmas. Uh, but, uh, you know, the next question for the next day will be, will Ralphie get his Red Rider uh, fun kit? And that'll be, you know, that'll be carried out through the day. Oh, yeah, look at, like, what is that called, Boca or whatever, where the lights are out of focus, Brillo, when you take a picture. But uh, let's see, I see wrapping paper. I think there's a scene with the parents wrapping it. No, this is Christmas Day. And I don't know how these kids are still asleep uh, when the sun's up. We would get up before the sun, me and my siblings. Uh, and I think we wouldn't go to sleep or we'd get up at like 2 in the morning. And my dad, you know, because we wanted to catch Santa. And if we didn't, we wanted to get the presents as soon as we could get them. Couldn't sleep. We had Christmas anticipation or holiday anticipation. And so uh, my dad would sleep at the top of the stairs. My house was a reverse, so the basement of the house was where the kids' bedrooms were. Uh, and then the top floor was where the kitchen and my parents' bedroom and the living room was. But, yeah, so we have the scene with Ralphie awaking. And then I think we have, like, a little bit of a Christmas. Uh, oh, there's ice on the trees. It's beautiful. It looks great. Uh and I think we we have like a scene of like a like a little bit of Christmas joy, and and this this is some some relatable stuff like uh, where there's a slow present opening, because I think one person uh, hands out the presents. I don't know how this works. I can't remember. Uh, but really, a bounty like like these these kids are lucky, you know. The like, uh, and I was very lucky uh, to have generous parents and. You know that, that that like uh, you know that save you know so this is a lucky situation that these boys have these or idealized situation maybe but they're kind of looking under the tree and then like it'll be a slow unfolding with the payoff of Ralphie getting these pajamas that his aunt designed for him or his grandmother and then still like. Uh, all the presents would be open, and it's like, okay, Ralphie gets this acceptance that he's not getting the uh, Red Rider fun kit. And, you know, there's there's comedy in that he has to dress up like this rabbit, and he gets mad about that. For the most part, though, it's a very uh, nice thing. And yeah, now their mom's looking through the presents. I think the kid, his brother, whose name I never remembered, uh, gets a zeppelin. The dad gets a bowling ball. Uh, there's a fire truck. I see. I don't know what else. Uh, uh, but I'm. But then let me see if I can guess ahead of time. So then Ralph he ends up. He 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 accepts that he's not going to get the gift that he wants. So this is like a Christmas a present opening montage happening. But then, like, he then ends up that the father said, well, geez, you know what, I think there's a hidden gift for you. And this kind of, unfortunately for most parents, including mine, set up this unrealistic expectation that this is how parents did things. And so the one year I asked for the G.I. Joe hovercraft, I didn't get it. And that was like the one year, and it was expensive. I think it was like 40 bucks, which is expensive when you have six kids. And that was like the one year I was very, uh, like, it was insistent. That was all I wanted, and I didn't get it. Uh, but again, I guess that's an ego thing. Like, uh, my parents may have, like, been had such a long list uh, that they didn't know. There was also a year I asked for this one video game for the PC. We had the CGA PC, this, this uh, kung fu game. Not the one you're thinking of, a different one uh, with a long, more story-based one. But about like a month before Christmas, I found that, and I opened, I opened the box and started playing it. And I guess I must have uh, saved something on the disc because my mom had trouble returning. She still was able to return it because I never got it as a gift. But she ended up returning that at, again, like uh, before Christmas. So that was disappointing too. I mean, not my parents' fault. 
you know, and also mine. But now Ralphie's going upstairs to put on the pajam- p- 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 bunny pajamas. So a little bit more level of emasculation uh, for Ralphie, I think. Uh, his brother's getting another gift, and the mom's giving a, uh, the bowling ball to her husband. Um, but I wonder, so Ralphie gets the Red Rider fun kit, then goes to use it and realizes that the warnings that everyone gave him were true. And this also happened to me when I was too old. I asked for this remote-controlled car to race with my friends, Lobo 2, I think it was called. And the, the one warning about the thing was that if you can't, like, it had weak axle. And, like, I literally broke the axle, like, within 10 minutes at Christmas outside, um, which was de- depressing. And then I was afraid to tell my parents because I was afraid my dad would get mad. And so I tried to repair it myself, was never able to repair it. So that was like a, as a low moment. But, you know, uh, you live and you learn. Now Ralphie's in the bunny outfit. But I'm wondering how it comes back around. Ralphie gets to play with his gift and realizes that he's not at the maturity level for the gift yet or that it has, like, these side consequences and then I'm not sure what happens after that. So I'm interested to see. And then, but I will pay off the end. So that's one thing I'm not sure about. Then there's a huge, the mother makes this huge Christmas dinner. And a turkey, or maybe the dad's like a turkey expert. One of, one of them works really hard at the turkey. And I forget what happens that distracts the family. Maybe it's Ralphie. But I think he just covers up that he, he oh, because he breaks his glasses. I think he makes up in a lie. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if he ever does tell the truth, but he makes up a lie. Instead, his glasses get broke by his new toy. He blames it on an icicle. And now in the movie is like the uh, post-Christmas, like the brother's asleep with his Zeppelin. And I think this is when the dad gives Ralphie the gift. But then they have this Christmas dinner and uh but then they get distracted and the farkas's dogs or not the far the bump kisses bump whatever the dogs come mom and dad are drinking wine snuggles ralphie he's kind of like well i accept that i didn't get what i wanted it was a good christmas though very lucky he's being legitimate in both his acceptance and his disappointment and the uh, you know not being a brat uh, which i've done before as a child uh, but then the two, so then the Bumpkiss's dogs come and eat their uh, Christmas dinner. And then there's a scene where they go a little bit uh, playing in pejoratives or whatever, where they go to a Chinese restaurant uh, for dinner. But this is good acting. The dad says, geez, I think I see something stuck behind the tree there. Why don't you go check it out? And Ralphie can't believe it. And I don't even know if the mom can believe it. And now we have, like, uh, skipped ahead, so where Ralphie uh, um, realizes that he's not quite ready to use his gift. The first time he used it, and this is, I mean, you know, these are, everybody, this is why another reason why this movie's so, like, the thing with the school report and the other kids. Uh, these are some of the things that, uh, oh, but Ralphie's crying, which I think the mom hears, so then he has to make up a lie. Uh, about his glasses that he got hit by a icicle and she brings him inside and he's covering it up and the dad says geez what's the big deal here and Ralphie's going through some healing again with his mother and she's taking care of it and I guess I don't know if Ralphie I mean does this movie end in a lie yeah he just turned to the camera and smiled so uh, I think he's like, but I, I wonder, I guess, will he be so worried that he won't go back to his super fun toy? Because uh, he realizes, geez, I'm not ready to handle this. Or, or I never understood the technology anyway, like how they had this in the 1950s. And the dad's sitting down with the paper. I think he's looking at the funnies, uh, the Chicago uh, Telegram. I can't read it. Uh, uh, there's an ad for Pimble Cream. Oh, the dogs sneak right in. 
while the dad's reading the paper, like stealth dogs. They think they're like uh, some sort of hound. And yet they're, they're uh, taking their Christmas meal. And it's not like one dog. The, the house next door has like 10 dogs or something. So it really, you know, they really blow, blow it up on the, on, the, on the dad. And they even knock over the table and then they all run out. So the dad's not happy at all. And I guess this is like usually how the movie ends. So like I don't like uh, I never. I don't know the last scene. I'm like, eh, I don't know. It seems like a little offensive, but I always wonder what happens after it. So here they are still. They're in the kitchen. He's still upset about it. Mom is crying. Ralphie's giving his uh, the thing to his mom as a tissue that he was using on his uh, his uh, cheek. Uh, now there is the Chop Suey Palace uh, open in uh, my bowling and sons. Uh, so they're they're going there for dinner. And I think they sing to everybody and everybody's clapping now. But yeah, they, I guess they're having, uh, they've got bow tie. The kids got, the youngest kids got a bow tie on. Peking duck, I think they're having for dinner. Oh, and then it closed. Now it's the house again. And it's snowing. I don't remember this scene. Uh, the mom's coming downstairs, and uh, is it? She shuts out the lights. Is that the end of the movie? No. Now there's moonlight, and she's still walking. And she puts the radio on. I don't remember this scene at all. Holy moly. The Christmas tree is on. Snow's falling outside. Uh, the dad's waking up from a nap. He's sitting on the couch. And uh, I, know I think this is like the adult romance time. They just cheered their glasses. And I guess soon, you know, they'll be, uh, I don't know, you know, you know, do, I don't know what they do, you know, two of them. But he has his hand on her back. She's putting her hand. Uh, so a very romantic closing scene. Is this the last scene? And it fades out, and Ralphie's in bed dreaming, his brother's in bed dreaming, very picturesque. Does he have his toy? I think he has uh, his Christmas present in bed. His brother has a Zeppelin in bed. I don't know if Ralphie ha Oh, Ralphie has his gift in bed with him. And the camera's kind of scanning around. I think because his present also had a compass and all sorts of great stuff for camping on there. And we're just seeing, like, Ralphie's calm, uh, childlike face. Or chi he is a child, child face. You have a, a child's face? I don't know. He's ki he's kid-like dreaming face. I think there's probably voiceover going, you know, helping us conclude the movie. But I'm just saying. Uh, and now it fades out to the outside, to the front of the house. The snow is falling again. Ice and snow and the trees, the trees lit up in the window. And it closes a Bob Clark film. And yeah, I guess that closes a little holiday memory there for me, of or dismemory, you know, of a, a Christmas story. I guess it's Christmas stories uh, tied together. But uh, yeah, I hope uh, you have a wonderful holiday with you and yours, uh, whether it's warm or cold. This podcast will be here for you to help you fall asleep. I'll be off for the week between uh, Christmas and New Year's. Uh, uh, but, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much. Yeah, I want to thank, thank some people for some reviews. TMW2989, great podcast. Uh, they don't make it through, through a full episode. They love it even when they're not tired. They put on thinking... They'll make it through, but they always end up falling asleep. I guess it doesn't work for everybody, but what does? There's some words of wisdom. If you have a hard time getting to sleep, you might as well try it. Uh, dances with hipsters. That's uh, that's someone that dances with hipsters. Uh, thank you. I like that name, though. Thank you so much for helping me fall asleep on one of the toughest nights in recent memory, taking my mind off everything except the calming sound. If your voice and your cheap pauses, yeah, I, I paraphrase with the cheap pauses. Thank you for supporting all of us with your kind message. Uh, bless you and everyone that helps make the podcast. 
Thank you for being my friend beyond the binary. Thank you, uh, my friend from beyond the binary. Uh, Laura182 in the UK. Amazing. Can't thank you enough since starting the night shifts. A lot of trouble falling asleep, but uh, since I discovered sleep with me, all trouble's gone. Uh, thank you, and if anyone who's having trouble falling asleep reads this, uh, download right now. You won't regret it. Uh, good stuff comes in from... Uh, it really helps fall asleep to B-A-J-D Lol Ro Scab Rick Plin you know, you are you related to Rumpelstiltskin, but thank you for the nice review. Uh, it could be a third or fourth generation Stiltskin. Uh, the two Dems, kind when I need the most. Uh, really hard to review this podcast because I can hardly remember anything about it. I usually set the timer for 15 minutes, passed out much sooner, so it works. I love turning on the podcast on the subsequent night and wondering what magical nonsense it is, but most sincerely, I love the inclusive opening of the show. And the reminder is that it's a safe place. Uh, sealed their fandom. Oh, thank you. Uh, that's very kind of you, two Dems. Uh, this comes in from a guy from PA. So good, I had to write a review. Never write reviews, ever. Podcast deserves one, so I've dedicated the time to do it. Uh, have trouble falling asleep, often use medicine. And that's become a standard part of my life that I'm used to. That said, I've not really needed to use any med- medicine since the listening to this podcast. If that sounds crazy, I agree. Can't explain how or why it works, but it does. Happy to admit it could be a placebo effect, but if it works, it works. I think my brain's gotten so tricked into believing this podcast works uh, that it actually works. That's a great, uh, that's one of my theories too. It uh, doesn't even take an extended period of time. From day one, it's been a success. Can't understand it as much as I try. Can't even make it to the story portion, even if I want to. Which is nice because then there's a lot of replay value since you don't make it through the whole episode. I can't believe I'm even writing a review, but my hope is that it'll help somebody else give it, give it a shot. I wouldn't believe this podcast. This, this is, these are the skeptics I love. I wouldn't believe this podcast was helpful, even if I read 100 raving reviews. But I gave it a shot for myself, and I'm glad I did. And I genuinely look forward to listening, part of the new bedtime routine they have. It's just a podcast so over the place my mind can't keep up. And there, as a person that suffers from ADHD, I feel like this podcast, a nice I statement too in there, works like my brain does. Jumps from idea to idea, down the rabbit hole. Uh, what a nice review, guy from PA. Thank you so much. And that's good because right after it comes this one from Lloyd. Uh, now awake and also angry. I've read many stellar reviews of this podcast and was eager to give it a go. Yikes! Exclamation point. This man has what may, might be one of the most annoying voice speaking pattern combinations I've ever heard. So many people love this podcast, but it's absolutely not for me. At least you're honest, it's just not for you. That's fine, Lloyd. Sorry to upset you. Uh, True Volk, uh, that's V O L K. Uh, genius and needed. Whoa. Found this epic. Oh, thanks, uh, George and Karen. They found it from the MFM podcast. Happy I did. You ever look at those wind-up baby swings and wish you could have an adult-sized version to lull you to sleep? Well, this is the next best thing. Even if I don't fall asleep right away, stories are so bizarre. It brings a smile to my face. I love the podcast and used to fall asleep with them in the background. Then I'd listen again when I was conscious. Oh, that was a regular podcast, uh, but now they have sleep with me, so they don't need to do that. That's awesome. Thanks, True Volk. And how about this one from Australia, Miss Misspec 7. Can't live without this. My husband's away, and I used to lay in bed hearing things and, you know, getting worried, and I go for the podcast. Thanks, Scooter. Thank you, Miss Beck. Mrs. Beck. Uh, this one, another skeptic uh, that we won over here, Erica Jaguars, lullabies for a podcast listener. Let me just say I was 100% skeptical about this podcast actually working. But I can say with absolute certainty I never finished a single episode, because, and that's because of the podcast. The trick is not to process what he says. Have you ever been in a classroom meeting and just going kind of zone out? That's what you do with this podcast. The tones and the drones send you straight to sleepy town. 
Give it a try. I'm glad I, I did. Uh, thanks, Erica J. Very kind of you. And I love Skype. I mean, I would be skeptical. I'm skeptical about this podcast I'm making. Uh, help me, 55, 5, 6, 6, 7, triple eight. Coming in, a little uh, sleep bot. Put me to sleep every night. It used to take 45 minutes uh, before I could get to sleep. Uh, this amazing race is what's stressing me out and fades away one night. Uh, best thing I could have ever subscribed to on a wind. Thank you. Uh, this one is Fruit X Salad, as advertised. Somebody across this looking for a guided meditation sleep aid. This one's stuck. Listen to it every night. Puts me out in 15 minutes. Episodes are an hour long. Four nights get to reach one. And new ones come up every few days. There's really nothing that can be said to explain this podcast. You just got to try it. Uh, when it starts, a party wants to listen to the story. Uh, but for me, I'm with t- within 10 minutes. I'm asleep. Great to have f- found a f- It's great to have found a friend beyond the binary. Thank you, Fruit X Salad. Same here. Uh, this one comes all the way across the world from Indonesia. Go file, man. A little bit like Pokemon, but with files. Uh, thanks for putting me to sleep. Uh, thanks for putting me to sleep. You're too funny, though. Sometimes when I'm about to fall asleep, your jokes make me laugh. Keep up the good job, sleep master. Thanks, go file, man. And finally, Sleuth 1996. Uh, great year, 1996. Uh, drone on. I fall asleep. Uh, in 1996, I lived in Syracuse, uh, New York, Bronx, New York, and East Los Angeles in that year. So, good year. I drone on. Fall asleep every night to Scooter's vocal improvisation. Uh, thanks, everybody, for the reviews. If you want to review the show, you can go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash review. Good night.